So this afternoon, Richard is going to bring to us the Word of God, and if you have your Bibles with you, I'll encourage you to open in Mark chapter 16, and let's read together this passage from the Scripture. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early, on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, has been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the woman went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them where they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had been have seen him after he has risen. He said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these things, signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into the heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. This is the word of God. Amen. Hello and welcome to the evening service at Lansing Tabernacle. Here we have been celebrating the fact that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. And we're very grateful for the ministry of our brother Graham Jefferson earlier in the day. And now we come together to think again about this wonderful truth that Jesus truly rose from the dead. This evening we're going to finish our little series in Mark. We're coming to Mark's Gospel and chapter 16, which our brother John actually read the chapter to us. Now in terms of the chapter, we know that uh, it's quite a fascinating chapter, particularly the ending, which we are aware uh, some manuscripts did not have. And we'll make a comment about that later. But I think the most important thing 
is to see that Mark, he is the uh, gospel writer who is considered to kind of race through truth and uh, his gospel is 16 chapters. We know that Matthew's 28, Luke is 24 and John is 21 and Mark seems to be, uh, I think one description is a young man in a hurry. He's got a lot to say and he's going to say it as clearly as he can but he wants to make sure he doesn't miss anything. And it's pretty obvious that the one thing he would not want to miss is the story of the resurrection. There's one or two questions that are raised, uh, certainly first of all by the women as they come to the tomb. Who will roll away the stone? That's their question. Who will roll away the stone? You see, these women had been present when the Lord Jesus died. They had witnessed the body being taken from the cross and they were aware that he had been placed in the tomb. They would also be aware of this very heavy stone that had been rolled over the entrance to the tomb. And it's quite interesting that uh, they're, they're focused on wanting to anoint the body of Jesus because this had been missed out in the rush. But at the same time, they realise that there's a massive obstacle. They're two women and uh, they have seen this great big stone that was rolled over the entrance and they're kind of thinking to themselves, how are we ever going to deal with that? If we want to do what's in our hearts to honour Jesus and to bless that body that was nailed to the cross for us, we've got to get that stone out of the way. Well, of course, God has wonderfully done it for them. And we know that there'd been an earthquake. We see the record in other Gospels. And indeed, the stone had been rolled away and there was full access into the tomb and into the area where the body of Jesus had been lain. Today, as we come on this Easter Sunday, we also may feel there are obstacles that are trying to, as it were, be a barrier and present a difficulty in us drawing near to the Lord Jesus. We want to honour him, but we feel there are things that are kind of stopping us, things that are preventing us doing what's in our hearts. Well, just as an angel came and rolled away the stone, an earthquake, all of that involved, and uh, the body is actually not there. So even on this Easter Sunday, Jesus wants to say to you, I am able to remove every obstacle from you coming to know me and to come into a place of joy and peace. You don't have to go to the tomb to find him because he's not there. That's the glorious story of the resurrection. They, they were looking in the wrong place. They were looking, as one gospel puts it, looking for uh, one among the dead who is actually alive. But there is no reason today why you cannot discover that Jesus has truly risen from the dead. Whatever stone, as it were, seems to be in the way for you. It could be a very difficult situation that you have faced in your life. You may have lost a loved one 
when you were very young and in your heart there's still an ache. How could a God of love do that? You may be looking at the current situation in our world and be deeply disturbed and troubled about where's God in all this? What's happening? Whatever your stone is, today, the Easter day, the day when we think of Jesus rising from the dead, your obstacle can be dealt with. If you're willing, if you will humble yourself and say, Lord, you know, there are so many things that are troubling my heart, so many things that are disturbing me. Will you roll away the stone in my life so that I can discover you and your love? Now, the second thing I want to pick up, it's not really a question, but Jesus, very often in the resurrection stories, he notices fear. He notices anxiety and worry and he so wonderfully and so regularly speaks peace into those situations don't be afraid peace be with you don't be alarmed peace be with you the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an incredible reality and truth and just as I've spoken about as it were, stones, obstacles, barriers that uh, can be removed in order that you can uh, discover fullness of life and purpose in your life, then today is a day when we can hear again, don't be afraid. Yes, the stories, the information, the statistics about coronavirus are very disturbing. No one would deny that. And uh, as we're sharing this day today, even our Prime Minister has been struck down with it. We're, we're aware that that's caused the nation uh, to be so, so insecure. And it's definitely brought home that uh, these problems can affect anybody, the young, the old, all sorts of situations. But Jesus, on this day, not just today, praise God, but uh, on this day, Jesus wants to say to you, peace, don't be afraid, don't be anxious, don't be worried. I'm bigger than all this. If I can conquer death, well, there's just absolutely nothing that I cannot overcome. And the sheer presence of Jesus speaking truth into our troubled hearts is an incredible joy on this Easter Sunday. So let him roll away any stone that's a barrier and let his peace come into your heart. Hear his words. He is risen. He has risen. The words of the angels, Jesus Christ himself, declaring to Mary, I am Jesus who died and now I'm alive. The third thing I just want to make mention of is that Jesus having appeared to the women, having demonstrated his victory over death, Jesus is very concerned that they should go into Galilee and that they should speak to the disciples. And uh, he says, make sure Peter hears about this truth that I am alive. I believe that uh, there are many Peters, in fact, 
We single out Peter because he denied Jesus three times, but what was in the heart of Peter can be in many a heart. It can be in my heart, it can be in your heart. And we mustn't isolate him as if he's an absolute rarity. To deny Jesus, to fail to trust Jesus, to fail to believe Jesus, to hold on in the face of opposition and difficulty, that's something we can all fall foul to. Uh, we dare not just point the finger at somebody, they did it, I would never do it. That's foolishness. But then also hear words from Jesus. He includes you today. I know your name is not mentioned in scripture, go tell the disciples and Peter. But, but today, I just want to share with you that I believe with all my heart that as you're watching, listening to this uh, message today, Jesus wants to say, and you, and you, I want you to know that I'm risen from the dead. Yes, you. Uh, you may not think you're anybody. Nobody perhaps knows about you. You're not considered famous or anything like that. Well, Jesus says, Today, I want you personally to know that I am risen from the dead. Now, of course, what Peter was going to hear was words of commissioning. All disciples are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All of us are required to share our faith. It will be so gracious of God. He, he will allow us to be ourselves. We don't have to suddenly be someone that we're not. Uh, the evangelistic heart is absolutely crucial. The expression of an evangelistic heart can be highly individual. Uh, you wouldn't expect people who are generally very quiet and very sensitive to suddenly bawl out from the rooftops, Jesus is Lord, and yet they can witness to Jesus out of their personalities in an equally effective way to those who shout. So Peter has been lined up to be a key figure in the early church. He's going to have a role that is going to be very significant. Others are going to be brought up in their faith and leadership. He's going to reach literally thousands through his ministry. And when the women leave the tomb, a bit bewildered, a bit frightened, and yet full of joy. And it's great how emotions can be like that, can't they? They're not just sort of all in one sort of uh, commodity, as it were. Emotion, joy, relief, sadness, <coughs> bewilderment, they can all be rolled in together. And that's what these women felt. But then in Mark's Gospel, we have this record of uh, other events and other things pertaining to reaching out and going into all the world. Now, of course, scholars have looked at this and some have noted, as I think I said right at the beginning, some have noted that, uh, well, this wasn't in some of the earlier manuscripts. So we have to ask the question, well, why is it that it's still included at all. And as I've looked into this a little bit, uh, what I've discovered is this, that people studied carefully these remaining verses 
in Mark's Gospel and they ask this question, is there anything in these verses that the rest of Scripture does not back up? Do we see evidence in these remaining verses of what uh, Jesus and what the early disciples, apostles did? Do we see anything that's a glaring contradiction? And in actual fact, many have concluded that no, there's nothing spoken about here which other scriptures don't give reference to. And therefore, although some of it seems a little bit strange, uh, drinking poison, uh, uh, the serpents and snakes and all of that, what we, what we become aware of is the general reality that God is a God of signs and wonders. And it's absolutely true that as the gospel is preached, so the power of God is often in evidence. You don't have to rate a preacher according to how many signs and wonders follow their preaching, because that's a human reaction. But when the gospel is preached, Jesus is preached. Jesus is lifted up. And the Jesus who healed the sick is still able to heal the sick. The Jesus who had delivered people from demons is still able to deliver people from demons. The Jesus who took, uh, sent the angel and brought Peter out of prison, he's still able to protect. And therefore, what we find when we look into these scriptures is that, although there's no direct evidence of someone drinking poison and, and recovering, there's plenty of evidence of Jesus' sovereign protection over his servants in incredibly adverse circumstances. And there's certainly the evidence of Paul when he lands on the island after the shipwreck, there's a snake that bites him and everybody's looking, expecting him to die any second, and he shrugs it off and carries on as if nothing's happened. That protection, that blessing is there. But we are called to preach a gospel that causes people first and foremost to be aware of their sin and aware of their need to receive forgiveness from Jesus. And those who receive forgiveness should be baptised, that's what Mark says. Uh, they should come and be disciples, they should grow and develop in their faith. But also we proclaim that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And therefore, on this Resurrection Sunday, on this Sunday proclaiming that Jesus is alive, it's also a day to say we believe that Jesus alive today is the very same Jesus that the record so clearly speaks of in the Gospels. So we don't, as it were, get carried away and focus on signs and wonders and miracles because that would be detrimental to our appreciation of the incredible love of Jesus dying for our sins. But it would equally be unhelpful to suggest that, well, that doesn't happen today. Jesus doesn't do that today. He is the same. And therefore, as we're sharing this message on Easter Sunday evening, Mark 16 is exhorting and reminding us that we have a miraculous, powerful, 
almighty Jesus alongside us. There is nothing that defeats Jesus. There is nothing that puts Jesus into second place. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is exalted. And therefore, whatever comes against us, whatever comes from the effects of sin in the world, from the work of the devil himself, or even judgment from God, whatever's coming our way, Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus is the deliverer. He's alive and we want to reach out to him, believe him for protection, believe him for healing, and above all, believe him for peace in our hearts, that we're right with God, our sins are forgiven, and we're heading for heaven. Dear friends, especially at Lansing Tab, we greet you and we pray that as we continue after this Easter weekend to walk with Jesus in this current situation, that we'll be very conscious that the Jesus who walks with us, as I have said, is the very same Jesus that we read about in the scriptures. He is alive. Hallelujah.